Hi guys and welcome to the Lone League Catch-Up, it's myself Rampant FM and today I'm joined by Sean Spedden, how are you doing Sean? I'm good thanks, and yourself? Aye, pretty good, it's obviously been uh, decent weather today so... <laughs> Definitely caught a bit of it myself, um, I was down at Aberdeer Beach um, with my daughter and yeah, I didn't take sun cream and for anybody who's ever seen me I'm, I'm not really the... I'm, I'm a very white shady white like so <laughs> I think I'll be very red tomorrow morning. <laughs> Brilliant, aye. I'm the same, pretty similar, mate. I think I was getting sunburned on the neck when I was uh, going walking the other day, so I walked to Dunfermline and back, eh? So, <laughs> I know it's been the, the weather's been uh, nicer than than I thought today. I thought it would be, I didn't think it would be that sunny, so I kind of rolled out of bed, got ready for it, went down, eh, and it's been absolutely scorching, eh? So, and I'm hoping I'm off now for a few days, so I'm hoping the weather kind of stays like this, but. I don't know. It never does when you're off, though, no, eh? <laughs> so we're, we're actually recording this pretty late. I know a lot of people have probably been checking why why there's not been one this week, but we were obviously, well, myself and uh, Moza and a few other people were at the Lowland League Cup game on Sunday, so we couldn't record it on Sunday, and obviously we've been busy sort of during the week. Uh, Moza was meant to be on today, but obviously I had a bit of a family emergency, so uh, just me and you today, but I'm sure people won't mind uh, we're putting this out, so... <laughs> I think I think Moza had said that he said that um, part of the conditions in the past to go to the game on Sunday was that that he had to spend a bit of time in the evening with with his wife, so he wasn't able to record. So uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I said he did a little bit into the, the getting away, but I meant he got to get along to the game, which is good. Yep, definitely. <laughs> we'll start with the Football Nations qualifying cup final. Uh, Spartans versus Cayman. It was two second half goals from David Greenhill and Adam Corbett, which saw Spartans end their season on a high, beating Camelon Juniors to lift the cup. Uh, Forrester Park, the home of Tranan Juniors, uh, was the setting for the final. Uh, perfect playing uh, surface uh, from the East Lovian side, which uh, says a lot, obviously. They have to be congratulated, I think, uh, for their pitch condition. Simply, you know, it's this late in the season, it's good to see that. Uh, there was no sort of clear cut chances in the in the first half. It was, so at the half time it was nil nil. An early second half injury saw Jack Smith replaced by sixteen year old Nicky Reed, the youngster who started in the under twenty side this season. Almost made the ultimate impact when he got to the end of Blair Atkinson's run, only to see his shot go narrowly wide. The dead lock was broken on the sixty fifth minute. Nicky Reed forced his way into the box where the ball broke to David Greenhill on the edge off the box and the midfielder slammed a stunning half volley into the corner sending the Spartans faithful into raptures, I like that Cayman uh, <laughs> looked to find uh, a way back into the tie and were close to 11 uh, proceedings through Jordan Heron but uh, he headed past Blair Carswell's post. The miss proved to be costly as keeper Dean Shaw could only parry Scott Maxwell's shot into the path of Adam Corbett who headed into an unguarded net from 18 yards with 13 to go on the clock. Uh, Cayman's afternoon looked like it couldn't get any worse. Uh, goalkeeper Dean Shaw was uh, saw red uh, for foul and abusive language towards the standing linesman. So Spartans, champions of the Football Nation Qualifying Cup, as I mentioned, a, a really great way to to uh, to complete the season. Uh, commiserations to Cayman, obviously. I think you were at the Cayman game when they played Kelty. They looked like a decent outfit. Um, Dean Shaw... Obviously, unfortunately, gets sent off there. He's usually the, uh, a big, a big sort of character in goals for them. So, uh, not a great way to to finish off the season uh, in the cup final for them. But it's good to see people like Nicky Reid uh, play. Certainly, I mean, he's he's kind of been a bit of a revelation towards the end of the season. Really talented young footballer and sixteen uh, year old. He's not the biggest of stature either, and he seems to be able to to handle himself. It just shows that the young guys, the Spartans, that get a chance, uh, like Cameron Dawson and Murray Hand and people like that, just seem to be doing 
uh, bits. I liked their video. I don't know if you managed to see it, Sean. The video that they done on the cup final. It was uh, pretty nice. Yeah, I did. I thought I thought it was a nice it was a nice touch there, and it's uh, Spartans Twitter guy just showing again that don't think there's anything that guy can do. Um, <laughs> sitting doing their Twitter, their photos. Now he's dabbling in a bit of video editing. So we might see him playing next season. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on the game, Sean? Uh, obviously, I couldn't be there because I was at the Lone League Cup game, but it sounded like uh, you know Spartans obviously ending the season off on a high and doing pretty well uh, by beating uh, Camelon, a, a strong East of Scotland team. Yeah, no, Spartans have had a, a good end to the season, I think. Um, obviously, their league position in a very competitive league, they managed to to pick up a, that position at the end of the the year and then they've done really well in the Cups which is allowed the likes of, I mean Nick and Eid was one we saw when we went and saw them playing against Kelly in the Cup That's this is a mad another opportunity as, as well as a few of the other under 20s because of their success in a few of the Cups Yep. Um, so I think they've, they've had a really good season and you know their under 20s we've spoke about today them stepping up to the first team but even just at under 20s level they've had a, a hugely successful season which you know, bodes well for Spartans moving forward because they're a team that you know they will go out and they will get players, but you know they're a, they're an academy and they're quite proud of that and they like to bring players through and looks quite bright for them moving forward with with some of these guys coming through. As for the the game itself, um, I think Camon seemed to have done. I've seen them a couple of times this year. Um, I went through and watched them in Falkirk to watch them. I've been so many places I didn't even care where half of them are this season and then I saw them against Kelly and they're, a, they're an impressive side and it sounds like they they put up a fight. They, they've gone there and yeah, they did get beat by the two but it seems like they had chances and they didn't really make it easy for for Spartans so it seems like a really good game but it's good to see one of the, the Lone League sides, you know. We're going to back them a little bit more I think and... Uh, it's good to see them do well and pick up the trophy at the end of the year. Absolutely, and uh, obviously there was a bit of a running joke between uh, Gary, uh, myself and you. Obviously I spoke about how I've kind of grown a bit of an admiration for Spartans this season, especially with the young guys coming on. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to be back next season challenging, I think, in terms of league. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's certainly uh, Kelty, uh, who we'll probably talk about soon, and then... Shire who will get into against uh, BSC but it's, it's going to be very interesting next season with the top teams I think oh, Absolutely So getting into the Lowland League Cup uh, BSC Glasgow versus East Stirlingshire uh, We did get a bit late I was there with uh, Rory and uh, Taylor and uh, Moza was there as well I bumped into him It was played at East Peffermill obviously the, the home of fellow Lowland League team Edinburgh University uh, as I say, I think we were about 10-15 minutes late, but from what I saw of the first half, uh, didn't miss any of the goals of that, but it looked like BSC were on the ascendancy. Uh, they did take the lead on the 32nd minute. Callie, uh, Cammy Ballantyne puts it away, firing low beyond Jamie Barclay. It was a really tidy finish, actually. Uh, and just before half-time, Martin Green puts it away after Tamor's shot is deflected off the defender. So it looked really comfortable for BSC from the, the first half, from what I saw. Uh, second half, Shire sort of came out and you know done f- fantastically well to sort of change the the way the game was going. It was a a goal in the 55th minute. It was a wild strike. It took a, a bit of a deflection off a BSC player. It didn't really catch who it was, but it looped into the goal. Uh, Shire back into the game, and three minutes later, Ben Quigley uh, is sent off for BSC after a last man challenge. I. We had a bit of a debate, <laughs> all the guys around us, there was a few uh, Kelty boys there as well, uh, watching the game, I don't think they'll mind me saying, but uh, yeah, we obviously had was Kelty in the morning and then I sort of made this game, so a few of the other boys decided to, to jump along, but I didn't think it was a sending off because of the whole change in the rule, he was last man, but I don't think it was a clear cut goal chance, so I think Ben was a wee bit harsh. Uh, some other people saw it as a sending off, uh, I can't remember what Moza said, I think he saw it as a sending off, I think, yeah, which is a bit weird coming from a BSC fans. But yeah, either way, they went down to 10 men. It kind of died down a wee bit, Shire, I think. Uh, BSC sort of done well with 10 men. Uh, the game, yeah, it just sort of died out a wee bit. Uh, it looked like Shire were sort of... It just it wasn't going to be their day sort of thing. Uh, the gaffer did come on in the 81st minute, uh, replacing David McGawkey, obviously, Dell. 
uh, two minutes later, he, <laughs> he, he put on this, this really rough challenge against uh, Declan Hughes and got booked uh, two minutes being on the pitch. Obviously, a bit typical of the gaffer there, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Shire did have a massive chance right at the end of the game. Um, Andy Rogers, he blasts a header wide just from a, a corner, but it was so, so close. I think it might even touch the post, if I remember right. But really, I think BSC deserved winners. Obviously, Paolo, Martin Green, he loved every minute of it. Um, you know, I, I think we we say a lot about BSC, uh, mainly because, well, I certainly do, obviously, because of Moza, he's a fan of BSC. You kind of give him a wee bit of stick here and there. But for the short time they've been in existence as a club, their their tra- uh, trophy cabinet is certainly filling up. Uh, they're streetwise as a team. They've got a lot of characters in there. I thought uh, Martin Green obviously had a, a really good game, Tamor. Uh, Ross Smith, I thought was pretty decent. Uh, you know, guys, guys that are you know that will do well for them. Yeah, as I say, street, streetwise physical football. You know, it was their best ever league finish. They were top scorers in the league uh, by one, I think, from East Kilbride. Fantastic way for Swifty and the lads to to finish off the season, really. Yeah, no, they've um, BSC have had a nice stand in the season. Um, I'm sure they've gone in with a bit of ambition at the beginning of the year, um, but they've certainly exceeded. Mine and a, a lot more uh, the neutrals, and they probably exceeded their own a little bit. Um, but uh, I think a, a little bit of credit to East Darlingshire as well because BSC have been outside the East Cup, right? They have been that um, dominant team in the Holland League. Um, they had that run of games unbeaten, with maybe about 18 19 games, which is impressive, especially when we refer to this league and how competitive it is every single week. We talk about how competitive it is, and yeah, it looked like. I, unfortunately I had to work and I was only working five minutes down the road as well frustratingly but it was a busy day and I didn't get along to see it but I was following what was happening and it, it, it seemed at one point like East Stirlingshire might do what they've done quite a lot this season and you know come back from being down uh, and I, I don't know I wasn't there so you're, you'll be able to shed more light on it but I know that sometimes when teams go down to 10 men they can find that it's, it somehow manages to give them an extra gear and they're able to up their level and I think, I don't know if it maybe it was detrimental to East because they seem to have the momentum and then when BSC have gone down to 10 men they seem to have pulled together and stopped the East Allenshire for performing another miraculous comeback um, and yeah, it's a shame for Andy Rogers there at the end not to grab an equaliser and uh, give you another extra time in uh, <laughs> potentially penalties game this season yeah there's been a few in cup games that have been too <laughs> yeah no absolutely but they yeah no it sounds like it was a cracking game I really wanted to go to this one because they're two teams that yeah they're just really fun to watch I think um, BSC they're just yeah they're so dominant um, and East Anshia it's always just an exciting exciting team to watch so no like you say uh, excellent season for BSC Another trophy in their cabinet in East Allenshire, you know, they can be proud of the efforts on the day. So Absolutely, and uh, just in terms of the team, I think they were missing a, a couple of guys. Fraser Neve was uh, playing at left-back, and obviously Danny Ash, who actually I spoke to a few hours before the game, because uh, he was at Kelly, but um, like he was injured, so they were missing their, their usual right-back. But in terms of Shire, I don't think they can be, you know... Uh, I don't think they can be too disheartened. Obviously, Dills came in and Andy's came in and done a fantastic job uh, leading them to a, a cup final, and especially in the league. Uh, you know, 2019, we've talked about it, how well they've done. You know, they've brought in guys like Nicky Lowe and Eddie Malone for next season, so they're certainly going to be, you know, one of the teams that are up there. Uh, you know, in terms of their fan base as well, uh, you know, I'm sure that'll, that'll keep the boys uh, going uh, in an excellent facility like uh, Falkirk. How, how was the East Allenshire? Um, support for the game because I know that their away support can be fantastic so for a cup final it must have been interesting it was I don't know if you saw the, the picture uh, Taylor <laughs> with the, the guy in the panda hat <laughs> it was uh, oh, I did, I did. it was a, a fantastic support in fairness uh, definitely uh, even away I think they're I wouldn't say they're quite at home but I think the Shire fans are probably you know the best away fans in the league uh, in terms of noise, you know, Mad Bill, uh, I think who we all know, <laughs> the famous Shire fan, we call him on this, but uh, yeah, we could certainly could, we certainly heard him uh, on Sunday, but no, nah, they were just unlucky, I think it, on a different day it could have went either way, but 
you know, as I say, I think BSE deserved their success. Uh, but yeah, I think if it went either way, uh, Shire would have been, uh, you know, happy with, with with a cup win as well. But it wasn't to be their day, I think. No, no absolutely. Right, moving on. Uh, as I said, on Sunday morning, uh, just before the Lonely Cup game, uh, I was at uh, Kelty, uh, obviously speaking to some of their, their new sign-ins. Uh, we'll have a wee listen to the thoughts of the gaffer and some of the guys I spoke to at the moment. Hi Barry, obviously you're joined by some of your new signings for uh, the 2019-2020 season. How happy are you to have them on board? Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of hard work, um, but no, I'm delighted they were the guys that I set out uh, to try and get um, December January time, and it took a few months to to get it uh, over the line. But no, delighted with them. Looking forward to to working with them because I I think they bring uh, real quality, um, but also they've got a good mentality, which I was desperate to get in. Obviously, there's guys like uh, Dylan Easton who you've worked with before. Uh, does it help having a, a relationship with the player previously when you're bringing them into a, a club? Uh, yeah, it helps. There's a, a couple. There's, there's Dylan and, and Scott Linton who I've, I've worked with previously. I, I know what type of characters uh, they are and what good players as well. Um, obviously, it helps, but just I, I'm delighted to get them. It's been a lot of hard work, as I said. The club have been great. And they've been patient uh, so far, which is uh, something that I find I find hard at times. But just to get all the players in that we initially went to, to try and get um, to bring them in has has been has ended up a good bit of business for us. Uh, the Lowland League is obviously going to be more challenging next season with uh, East Kilbride not going up and obviously Berwick Rangers coming down. Yep. Uh, does the signings that you've made obviously show your intentions that you want to be, you know, the top team in the Lowland League next season? Yeah, listen, if I'm, I'm honest, I, th- I thought the boys done ever so well last year to achieve uh, third spot. Um, but when you come up against the, the top teams like East Kilbride, um, they, they had a lot of quality. Um, and that's something that we need to try and uh, try and get to that that sort of level um, and bringing these guys in hopefully that'll get us there we've got one aim next year and that's to try and to try and win the league um, I'm not going to beat about the bush that's what we're going to try and do it's going to be a lot of hard work but with the players that I've brought in and the quality that I've brought in um, if we put the hard work in then I think it's achievable Right, Mario, obviously uh, we're here obviously introducing the, the new strip and uh, the new signings. Uh, how how uh, are you looking forward to next season, obviously? I think it'll be a new challenge for us. I think obviously with some boys leaving, new boys coming in. I think the club are trying to push in the right direction. Obviously it's a shame to lose the boys that were here last year, but like the boys are saying, the clubs need to keep moving forward, so it's exciting. But I think we, need, I think we should have a good push next year and hopefully get some trophies. Overall, uh, I think the season really went well because the objective obviously was top four and you just got third. Uh, do you see yourself pushing on next season obviously to, to try and get that top spot in the, uh, the Lowland League? I think at the start of the season last year we said top four, but I think at Christmas you know, we were top of the league and stuff like that. I think we were a bit disappointed with the way we finished, but next year I think we should be really pushing to win this league. Ross, welcome to Kelty. Uh, you're obviously familiar with the Lone League having played for Whitehill. Yep. Uh, you know, you were in obviously the first team until I think uh, Bobo Grant came. Aye, uh, where do you see yourself obviously in the Kelty team in terms of uh, your, you know, being a goalkeeper and stuff? Well, I can okay, understand because only one is I can play, but can I'm in here to just fight for my position. If I get, can says I'm going to start, fair enough, but if not, okay, I'm happy sitting, learning and it's just trying to get better this year, I think, and obviously just having a successful season. Obviously, uh, Whitehall in the Lone League scene, they never obviously had the, the greatest no, season. No. Uh, what's, what's the feeling, obviously, coming from a, a team that, in fairness, I think we're struggling to like a, a team that's going to be fighting for, you know, obviously maybe the league title next season? I was a total different mindset as well. I think for Whitehall, it was it was hard to get through mentally, especially when you go down early in games. Uh, you know that can you're going to be struggling. It was. 
nothing against them, but we were, we were up against it every single week. So I think it's just going to be a total, kind of total change of coming in here. Ex expectations are going to be really high, so it's just something to look forward to. And uh, just finally, obviously, uh, uh, what how, what did you know about Kelly, obviously, before you, you sort of signed for, for us? Oh, well, I mean, I've played here a few times, and uh, obviously a massive club, kind of massive name, got a good fan base in that, and you just kind of look around there, and this is, it's a, I think it's a place you want to be at and play your football. Firstly, Danny, obviously welcome to Kelty. You, you know the league. Here, right? You know the league fairly well, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, been uh, shyer this season. Mm -hmm. um, how are you? How did the move sort of come about that you came to Kelty? I spoke to, you know, uh, made contact with Dean and Barry kind of late February and uh, came up and, and met the guys and had a look about and fantastic facility, clubs going places, uh, good following. So something really wanted to be a part of, and it was something. I, I struggled to to say no to really. Um, looking forward to the next couple of years, uh, and we'll see where, where where the club can go. Yeah. Obviously, next season the the Lowland League is going to be uh, far more challenging than it has uh -huh. been previously. Uh, Shire, obviously, your, your previous team, obviously getting in guys like Eddie Malone, mm -hmm. also uh, East Kilbride, obviously never uh, made it to the League Two, and uh, Berwick Rangers coming down. Yeah. So how how uh, how do you see the sort of campaign going next season? You know, it's going to be really com competitive. Um, I think probably over the next couple of seasons, particularly with the East of Scotland set up as well, we're going to see the Lowland League, you know, being one of the most competitive leagues, leagues in the country. Um, like you see, East Kilbride, uh, no getting through the playoff, Berwick coming down, uh, and then you've got the likes of Bonnie Rig and stuff. Uh, they'll be looking to come into the, the setup over the next season or two as well. So I think you're going to find, you know, 15, 16 really good quality teams that will be. It'll be competing, looking to challenge and uh, hopefully make that jump up to, to League Two. And uh, finally, obviously, you play uh, right back or on the right defence. Uh, is that where you see yourself in, uh, in the Kelty team? And sort uh, of predo the predominantly at full back. Uh, spoke to Barry as well. You know, he's, he's looking for. You know, he says he's looking for some guys that, you know, if he's got to change it up through a game or whatnot, can slot in elsewhere. Had spells at left back, centre half, centre mid. So, uh, you know, flexible. Happy to come and go. Um, it's about the team first and foremost. So, firstly, uh, welcome to Kelty. Um, you both obviously came from Four for Athletic. Yep. Um, what was the sort of incentive to come to, to Kelty in the Lowland League? Well, for me, I mean, I've obviously worked with the Gaffer before. So, when when he made the phone call and spoke to me, it was sort of a no-brainer. Also, my contract was up at the end of the season before. For it was a big, big decision, obviously dropping down, but obviously speaking. With the Gaffer and Dean going forward and stuff with the clubs going, it's as I say, it's no brainer. Right, what about you? Tom? For myself, it's probably pretty similar in a sense of um, that the contract was up, um, the plans that this club's got going forward, and the Gaffer had told me the players that were coming in alongside me, it was I was probably taken aback a wee bit with the players that had agreed to, to sign with the club, and <laughs> probably. Within a couple of days, I've made a decision to to sign for Kelty. Right. Uh, obviously, Dylan, you mentioned that you you worked with the Gaffer before. Uh, when you were at Clyde, you obviously played that sort of playmaker role. Yep. Do you see a, a similar role, obviously, at Kelty uh, next season? Yeah, I think so. Well, when speaking to him, he sort of said that's that's sort of the the role he's he's going to be playing me. So when obviously playing my at Clyde, I got a bit unlucky. Six, seven games into the season, I had my ACL, so but it was going well and. As he said, as I said, when he spoke to him on the phone, he was sort of giving that that sort of role again. So I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to get started. And Thomas, for yourself, obviously, I think uh, start your career, you're obviously more of a, an attacking player, but you sort of dropped down to midfield. Yeah. Where do you see yourself uh, fitting into the Celtic? Probably team? just back into that midfield. Um, probably where I've had the most joy within my career. Um, as you see, I started a striker. Um, I did enjoy it, but when I went into midfield, I probably seen a, a lot more of the ball, which suited me more than. Um, I did as a striker, running about, running channels. Um, so I'll probably in, be, in beside, me probably in behind Dylan. Um, played there before with Dylan at Elgin. Um, I know he never played in the, the kind of playmaker role last season, but he played he played left. So I've always kind of played behind him, which is it suits me as well because you've got somebody like Dylan that's always wanting the ball, and um, it's easy, it's an easy job for me. And uh, just in general, obviously about the Lone League, uh, how much did you know about the league and stuff just coming in uh, before obviously signing for Kelty? I know a bit about it, but not too much. I mean, I used to, I'm an editor for boys, so I used to go down and watch Spartans a lot. So I know a few boys that played for Spartans and stuff, but 
I never took too much to it, so well, I'm looking forward to getting started. No, similar, I only knew, know a few of the boys. I, I know a couple of boys that have signed in the league this year, and I know it's going to be a, a tough, tough, um, a tough league, especially with other teams that are signing um, good players as well. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's Dylan probably is as well, and um, kind of get to get started. I'm uh, here with Nathan Austin, also I want to welcome you to, to Kelty. Thanks very much. Um, what was the incentive? Obviously, you're playing for Inverness uh, Cali Fissle this this season. By what was the incentive to obviously come to Kelty in the um, Lone league? I think um, you know I had a, a long hard think about it. You know, um, yeah, Inverness offered me a new deal, but you know I'm at this stage of my career. I want to play and enjoy football again. And um, you know the gaffer gave me that, offered me that opportunity. And um, you know it was hard to turn down. You know I had a had a lot of um, offers, but you know, once you you get the enthusiasm and, and you're wanted that that much, it's, it's it's hard to say no to. Yep, absolutely. And uh, obviously, you're, you're kind of known as a sort of goal threat. Is that where you see yourself in the Celtic team next season? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's um, you know, if I get myself right fit, I can um, you know score goals, and hopefully we can um, you know challenge for the league and hopefully get Celtic where they want to be. So that's um, that's my aim, and I think that's the club's aim as well. Uh, and as for the Lone League, how much did you know about the league before uh, before you obviously signed for Kelty? Well, I'm a, I'm quite local, you know. I'm from Leaving, so I've known a, I've known for Kelty for years, and you know it was a big junior team. And then obviously once they went into the Lone League, um, you know I heard of the ambitions to try and get into the league. So you know I, I know um, I know a few boys playing in the Lone League, and uh, you know I've studied it a little bit, and I know a few of the teams. So you know it's going to be a really tough league next season, and um, just hopefully you know um, we could uh, get right top and push on. Obviously, I want to thank everyone that spoke to us. There was quite quite a lot of them. Uh, I don't know if you managed to sort of catch any of the, the interviews, Sean. Yeah, I did. I listened to a couple of them. Um, a, a fairly busy week, to be honest. I uh, hold my hands up and say I didn't even manage to catch the lonely catch up last week. I was <laughs> busy, but I've listened to a couple of them, and it's I, I, you knew something was coming. But I think it's it's kind of exceeding my expectations a little bit, and the. Yeah, they've certainly shown a bit of intention here with the, you know, the what is six of them that they've signed: Dylan Easton, Thomas Riley, Austin, Jordan, Linton, and Danny Ash. That's right. Yeah, that's six. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's um, yeah, certainly they've you know shown a bit of intention and to come out with them all in a one or as well. Yeah, I've started listening through them, and it sounds like it's sounds like it's going to be good. How did you find it? Um, getting down there in the morning. Yeah, the boys were great. Obviously, I think there was a few of them. Obviously, I've, I know you know Danny Ash. Obviously, at Shire, he was I think delighted to be at Kelty. Uh, I think he's probably going to be much needed uh, in terms of you know I think right back was a bit of a tricky one for Kelty this season. So he'll he'll be there sort of you know being there quite solid. Uh, Scott Linton, another guy who can pretty much play you know left back left. Left mid, centre mid, if he, if they needed Thomas Riley and Dylan Easton, obviously fantastic signings for for this league. Uh, obviously Dylan and Scott um, Barry knows them from Clyde. So uh, Nathan Austin, I think, was the one that I think got most people's attention, obviously, because he, mm-hmm. you know, he was in the championship with Inverness Cali this season. There was a lot of comments made about obviously the money factor. Uh, in fairness, uh, I think Kelty have had it all week. Uh, obviously, I had my opinion on it. I'm kind of old school that we don't tend to talk about financial things on the catch up, but obviously, I think it has to be addressed. Uh, you know, it's known that Kelty have a backer. It really is. Uh, they've got good support. They've got good finances. But uh, the whole sustainable argument, I think it's it's not fair uh, because. You know they're building. You know this yourself, Sean. You they're they're building for the future with the stands, the social clubs. They've got a really good attendance for the Lowland League. Uh, a lot of people are well. That doesn't pay Nathan Austin's wages. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 a ridiculous point because at the end of the day, uh, there is investors in Kelly as I, as I've mentioned. We know that, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to question anyone uh, about what they're choose to invest in or what they do with their money basically if if they're you know i think there's you obviously there's going to be investors in east Stirlingshire this season i don't think uh you know they've got guys in like nicky low yeah uh, i don't think anyone's asking east Stirlingshire, you know uh, how much nicky low's on no it's a, it's a fair point but it's uh, it's one of those opinions eh, and I, I think everybody's you know everybody's got the right to their opinion and there will be some people who are going to question the 
you know where the money's coming from and and how sustainable it is. Um, for me, at and and being around the club, um, obviously I don't I don't um, help them and get involved with the team as much as yourself. But I do know some of the guys down there, and I know that they're not they're not daft. They're not going to do anything silly. I think for a sustainability point of view, um, for Kelly and the way that I look at it is that. You know, not necessarily next season, but they are looking. You know, to to move up the the leagues and enter the the SPFL. So I think um, for the sustainability part, they'll obviously not be able to sustain this at low and league level for many years. Um, I think you know that's that's a given. But in the short term, um, I think they're they're showing intention. They want to move up, and we've seen it with East Kilbride. We've seen it with Cove. That you you need the SPFL caliber players to, to get into SPFL, um, so I think I think they're going the right way around it. But you know, we definitely they're going to need to have a good season next next year and build on their third place this year. Um, one one thing I did realize, I think it was the first thing I noticed before I even read through the interviews. Um, Thomas Riley was wearing white shorts. That really bugged me. Like, what happened? Did you ask? <laughs> you know. You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Sean? Uh, Thomas actually did mention it. He said, he actually said, I'm wearing the wrong shorts. And we, we were hoping that no one would pick up on it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was, the first, it was the first thing I noticed, and I was like, it was bugging my OCD. I actually wanted to open up paint and colour them in for him and send them back. But, oh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that was the first thing that stood out to me and it wound me up something rotten for a wee while. Well, I asked the guys, I did ask them, you know, what were the intentions of coming to Kelly, but uh, there was a few things I didn't know, obviously. Uh, uh, Thomas and, and Dylan weren't offered new co- uh, deals at Forfar. Uh, obviously, Dylan knows the gaffer, and, and Thomas, I think, uh, from what I got, he obviously really likes to play with Dylan. Uh, Nathan Austin, well, he's local to, you know, he's, he's only in Leaving, so... I mean, it would make sense to to come to a, a, a team like Kelty or you know, and, and uh, rather than traveling up to the Highlands and stuff. But people have opinions. But I think we're at the stage now where the Lowland is such a competitive league. It doesn't surprise me that we're getting people like you know uh, Nathan Austin, uh, Nicky Lowe at Shire, Eddie Malone, these sort of caliber of players come into the Lowland league because. That because it's just it says a lot more about the league than it does about uh, a club. People actually wa- are paying attention to the lone league, and that's what I like about it. Basically, we'll speak about them uh, a bit later on. But with Berwick coming down, they obviously get a parachute payment that, that you hear a lot about as well, and you've got to be able to compete with that because they're obviously going to bring in some players next year as well um, to compete in the lone league. So we've said about obviously the Shire's investment, Kelly's investment, um, East Kilbride. I think because we. We're so impressed with them through the season. We kind of forgot that they'd be here next season, but they'll be back again. Um, you've really, yeah. You've, if you want to compete in this league, it's certainly one where there's going to be need to be a bit of investment. Absolutely, and uh, just on the sustainable thing, obviously, uh, I know that, that that's the word that gets used about Kelty, but you know, I, I think it's well known that the club don't have any debts either. So I don't. That's why I'm less concerned about the money factor that people bring up. Uh, as well, at the end of the day, clubs can, you know, play their pay their players what they want. It's not really up to us to decide. I certainly wouldn't be asking uh, anyone know how much to get paid because again, I'm as I mentioned, I'm a bit more old school. I think that's a wee bit, you know, personal really. No, absolutely. And do you know what? It's it's um, Kelly's club to run the way they they want to to run it, and we'll see over time. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you you just look at some other examples of teams that have struggled financially that people naturally gravitate towards making you know assuming the worst it's maybe even just a human instinct but um yeah we'll find out over the next year or two whether kelly have made the the right moves we invest in or or not i suppose it's certainly going to be a massive season for barry ferguson we've not really talked too much about barry uh, i think when he first came in obviously really great to have a massive name like barry a part of the league uh obviously it had attention for Kelly, you know, positive and negative, obviously, with the, you know, the Rangers aspect, if you will. Nothing really to do with the league or him as a person. You know, I, I think the Clyde comparisons are a wee bit unfair. Uh, certainly, I've spoken to you about it and that, but uh, 
I, I want to see how he does this season, I think. He's certainly got the players there. He's certainly brought in the players there to really make a go of it. Uh, had he not had the situation he had at Clyde, I think people would be judging him a wee bit differently. Obviously, we know that the, the change... Uh, for uh, the the change of plays happened uh, with Tam Courts when you know before he left uh, or resigned rather he uh, had Kelly playing a fantastically Barry's kind of he's definitely changed it changed the way they play uh, but I, we'll wait we'll, I'll wait and see how it works I, I'm really intrigued to see how it's going to work next season it's certainly going to be exciting to see what Kelty do as well as uh, some of the other top teams in the Lowland League. Absolutely. He's, um, yeah, he came for Clyde and had a bit of a, a reputation. And first things first, Barry Ferguson's a, a big name. Um, so, you know, it's always going to come with a bit of, you know, there's always going to be a bit of criticism and a little bit of fishing whenever there's a big name kicking about there. But, yeah, he came with this stigma of having a revolving door at Clyde. Perhaps, you know, made some changes at Kelty at the beginning, which maybe you know, built on that a little bit, but, you know, now he's got, these are his players, he's had, he's had this break between the seasons to, or even, to, to be honest, towards the end of last season, that these all have been getting thought about and these have been getting thrown about, and these are his players he's brought in, he's obviously got some connections to a couple of them, yeah, next season, it's a big season for, not just Kelly, but for Barry Ferguson as well, to sort of silence the, the critics a little bit. But well, that's over. That's for him to do. Um, him and, and the players. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be. It's, it's going to be a big year for them. And uh, on the word of managers, uh, a bit of a shock from Galaferidine. The uh, obviously sacked Dean Shanks. I know. Well, I'm not sure too sure about yourself how much you know Sean, but certainly I, I rated him. Uh, certainly Moza rated him. I, I, I think I'm all right to speak for his uh, behalf. Really, I think he's he had a really good season at Gala. I think. I think that was the joint highest finish, if I remember right. No, even taking away their, their high finish versus their other seasons, the Lowland League was a competitive league last year, and I think for them to finish eighth, um, you know, the players, you know, did their part, but the manager deserves some credit in that. And I think the biggest thing with um, Dean Shanks going is nobody saw it coming. Um, I think everybody thought, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you could sit there. We're not we're not obviously on the on Gala's um board of directors, but I don't know how you could sit there and be disappointed, um we we how they finished up last season. They had some yeah, they had some really good results throughout the season. I think they did well in the Scottish Cup if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, they were unlucky. Yeah, and they uh I think he did a, a really good job, but do you know what that that's their decision to make and I'm looking forward to seeing what the new gaffer can do next year and to see why he's been brought in he'll be feeling a bit of pressure no doubt but yeah it was just a surprise wasn't it well that was the worry for me because they obviously it had been it's been announced uh, not by I, I don't want to criticise Gala because I really like Gala but most of the news coming from Gala has been going through the, uh, the border telegraph I think David Knox who we know um, you know they've announced the appointment of Neil Hastings uh you know, former Levy, I think he was at Berwick Rangers, the assistant manager. Um, you know, the 27-year-old, he'll be joined uh, in the dugout by former Livingston colleague Eddie Mangan. Uh, I just, I, it's you know, I wish them well, don't get me wrong, but I think with Dean, uh, I, I would have said he was in a better position than um, than uh, Neil and Eddie, in fairness, to, to take Gala forward. That's why it's been a bit of a shock, because... You know, Dean's hard work in that club, and he knows a lot about the Lowland League, and he's just he's done some fantastic work. I mean, we mentioned obviously they've they've equaled this, that, and the next thing in terms of records, and they've went further in terms of you know the Scottish Cup and stuff. But the the, the issue there, I think, is I mean they had a lot of like injuries as well, so Dean's done fantastically well. I just don't know if uh, Neil's going to. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But to me. And the new and another competitive league next season, you know the I, I don't see if they're gonna I, I don't know if they'll push more than maybe eight for seven for you know what I mean that's my worry I mean why replace a guy that's quite sold at Gala done a fantastic job it's almost a, a worrying thing for Gala fans because it, it's it's like uh, almost taking away the the progress that Dean's made there I might be 
speaking uh, too negatively about it, but it's just the way I see it. I just don't know if uh, Neil, because I, I, well, I think I told you and Derek, I think it's okay to say say now, but I obviously thought they were going to bring in the likes of, you know, maybe Johnny Harvey, who was the the former uh, Berwick manager, and that would have been, uh, you know, I think a, a good signing on, on or whatever, a manager at least that's had the experience, but they obviously brought in his, his number two at Berwick, uh, Neil Hastings, so... Um, don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know what your uh, opinions are. I, I just, I other than the fact that what I've already said about the fact that Dean, I think he did a good job with the team, um, and you know there seemed to have been progress. They'd obviously brought in a few players towards the end of the year, and I, I don't know if it maybe just, I don't know if it's just piling a little bit of pressure onto the new manager because he has got, he's got some big shoes to fill, um, and he's got to come in here and. The, the, the league's going to be more competitive next season and the board aren't going to have brought him in thinking right we brought you in here we didn't expect you to do as well as last year they'll be expecting to move forward and and yeah a league that, that's potentially going to be even more competitive I mean the, the Bonnie Rig Rose thing is still up in the air yeah and we'll, yeah, we'll certainly talk about that and they, uh, that's still up in the air a little bit at the moment um, and if they come up, that's another team that you know you you'd expect they're gonna, you know, be there or thereabouts. Uh, East Kilbride staying down, and there's the addition of Berwick, which again we'll, we'll speak to. The league's gonna get more competitive, and when you look at, at Berwick and potentially Bonnie Rigg going up there, we everybody right down the East Stirlingshire, Cumbernauld, who are doing like six and seventh in the league. How many of those teams are you know Gal are gonna be able to leap from next year? I, I think it's. Piling a lot of pressure on the, the new gaffer. Uh, there is an, another issue, I think I might have mentioned it, but there is another issue. Most of the actual talk from the, the club has been coming from like the Border Telegraph. Uh, Neil did say, I am under no illusions of how competitive the Lone League is going to be this year, especially when you look at some of the signings that other clubs have already made. Uh, the appointment was welcomed by Galaferidine Rovers Ambassador of Football, John Collins, uh, who knows Neil from his time at Livingston. An official statement from Ferradine Rovers was issued to the Border Telegraph last week. Uh, it read, The club would like to thank Dean and his management team for all their hard work over the course of last season and wish them all the very best for the future. Under Dean's management, Gala Ferradine Rovers uh, finished a respectful eighth position in the highly competitive Lone League and were extremely unfortunate to part from the Scottish Cup at the third round stage. But in order to compete at the highest level, a difficult decision has been made to opt for a change of direction for season 2019-2020. The club uh, hope to be in a position to announce uh, a new manager as soon as possible. Obviously, they've they've now announced that it's going to be uh, Neil Hastings uh, taking them forward. But I just think they've, again, not to criticise the club too much, but this should have been done uh, much better. Uh, like, I had to really look for the, the statement, you know, thanking Dean and stuff. And I don't think that's any way to treat a guy that's had so much hard work into your club. That should have been on their social media or something, saying, look, thanks for, you know, we want to go into a different direction sort of thing. And we want to... That's fair enough if the new chairman wants to do that. It's obvious that he does. Uh, I think it's interesting there's a bit of a link between uh, John Collins and Neil Hastings, not reading too much into it. It's just fact. But they should have went they should have done it better you know I expected a wee bit better from Gala and, and the way they done things rather than uh, and that's no disrespect to like of Debbie who does fantastic work it's obviously coming up from the you know the higher higher ups uh, the club to do it this way but uh, that should have been on social media I think thanking Dean for his efforts right we're going to be doing um we're looking to do something different basically you know what I mean uh, all, all the best obviously Dean hopefully he lands on his feet and you know, hopefully, hopefully Neil can pick up the reins where where Dean's left off, and and maybe get back up the board of directors who were given a bit of stick to and show them that they maybe did make the right decision. We'll have to wait until <laughs> next season to find out, I suppose. Yeah, we'll we'll certainly have to wait and see. But yeah, certainly repeat them sentiments. I hope Dean. I think any any team looking for a manager, I think Dean. Dean Shanks uh, should be high on the list uh, because I think he's done a fantastic job uh, at Gala. Um, I've maybe ranted a wee bit too much uh, in his in his favour, obviously, but you know we don't we're not we don't do this to criticise anyone, but I just think he deserved a wee bit more credit uh, from the club. But again, you, I, I'm not blaming 
you know, people behind their social media that because it's obviously coming from higher up. Uh, another manager whose future is a wee bit uncertain, Stuart Malcolm at East Kilbride. Uh, they obviously have the cup final on Sunday. He's been a bit quiet, uh, you know, surrounding his future and stuff. Again, I think it would be a... I'm kind of expecting him to leave, which I think is going to be a shocker for me. I mean, I really like Stuart. We obviously spoke to him a few times this season and uh, I think he's done a fantastic job. You can say what you want about East Kilbride. Yeah, fair enough, they had the team there. But they weren't top of the league when Stuart came in and uh, he lost his first game against Civil Service Strollers, his first match, so it could have went downhill. I think Stuart's done a fantastic job there. Fair enough, he didn't get them promotion. We know that's hard because of how good Cove Rangers were. Uh, I, I would feel feel bad if he, he, he left East Kilbride. Uh, but again, it's another one. It's above everyone's head, Uh I think, uh, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one as well. Uh, I just hope that East Kilbride make the right decision. Uh, hopefully he can stay on and we can speak, uh, have a lot more conversations with Malky next season. No, absolutely. Hopefully um, we can get along to the game on Sunday and we might be able to catch him there as well. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And I suppose for East Kilbride, they've got, like you say, this cup final they need to get out of the way. And then they're going to have to sit down and... You know, come up with plans. I'm sure they already have, but how they they move the club forward, and you know, moving a club forward from winning all but two games last season, it's a difficult task for anyone. But I'm 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 like yourself. Uh, I'm hoping that that Stuart can fit into those plans, and if not, same as Dean, I think he's somebody who'll land somewhere else, and he would do a fantastic job for a, another team. It's not like. Um, East Kilbride's the be-all and end-all Stuart Malcolm and likewise Stuart Malcolm's not the be-all and end-all East Kilbride but fingers crossed that they can work it out where, you know, he's like you say, he's done a fantastic job. You can tell the players have a lot of respect for him um, and, you know, Cove were in it. They were a, a, a tremendous team. It was a tough team for for any, any manager to take their team against, I think. Absolutely. So we'll move on to Whitehill Bonnie Rig, obviously sort of alluded to earlier, Sean. Uh, well, I rewrote the Wikipedia. If uh, people probably know I do the the Lowland League clubs Wikipedias and the, the Wikipedia stuff because I'm such a geek. <laughs> no, it's just easy to keep it. I like information to be correct, so you know. Um I've put Whitehill as still being in the Lowland League for next season because that's the official What's been said, it's that's uh, you know, Bonnie Rigg have tried to appeal the SFA license decision, the SFA have not went for it, so there's still uh, things to be done uh, on the Bonnie Rigg end. But as it stands, Whitehill Welfare are going to be in the Lone League next season. I really like Whitehill. Um, when I went to Rosewell a couple of times last season, so this isn't anything against Whitehill, and they've got an incredible history within the Lone League in the east of Scotland, but. Do you know what, if, if Whitehill were sitting there with a set of floodlights, even though I don't agree with it for the Bonnerig side, I'd kind of see it, but talking about leaving a team that doesn't have floodlights in, am I correct in thinking they don't have any immediate plans to get floodlights? To be honest with you, Sean, I really don't know, but as far as I'm aware, I've not seen any plans as such, but I'm sure they've, they've got a set period by the SFA to basically correct the floodlight situation. But, I mean, it's still one of those ones where it's like come on that's that's not on <laughs> come the start of next season Bonnie Rigg are going to be a team with the city floodlights and, and Whitehill by the looks here they aren't and then to then you know for, you know somebody who comes over and just looks at this league as a complete neutral and asks why are Whitehill in the league and Bonnie Rigg aren't and at the start of next season we're going to say because they floodlights and Bonnie Rigg will be sitting there with the city floodlights and Whitehill won't it's it's embarrassing it's, 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 it, you just love to yeah you, it's absolutely aye, that's a perfect one for you you just love to be able to you know know what's going on in the head in, in the minds of some people um, when they're having these these discussions but I've said earlier on in this pod that you know you hope that Gala made the right decision we've talked about not knowing their reasons for making decisions same with Kelly with the finance we, we're not you know, we're not privy to that kind of information, so you, you you never know even the critics of each situation, but anybody can see the SFA. They're bonkers, like. I've no idea what is going on. <laughs> 
So finally, we'll speak about the other team that's added to the league, obviously, Berwick Rangers. Uh, welcome addition, I think, certainly. A, a team with a lot of history, uh, certainly as a league team. Uh, kind of similar to Shire when they came down to the Lone League. A uh, few hundred uh, people obviously turning up to games. I'm looking forward to uh, the away days at Berwick because uh, probably similar to a lot of people, obviously, the, the caravan sites at Berwick, that's going to be, I think that's what I'll do, Berwick away, you know, full weekend at a caravan site, get to the game, have a full-on weekend sesh at Berwick, that sounds like an idea to me. Uh, yeah, so definitely welcome addition to the league, uh, Berwick Rangers, I think. No, absolutely, it's, um, I think it just... Uh... I like the little side stories that go on um, with any team or any upcoming game, and I like the fact that you know we've got a second team to join the Shire, so there's a wee bit of competitive edge there. You, you watch how they performed last year in the um, SPFL two, and also there. You look at the game against Cove. I don't think people are going to be rating them hugely just now, but you know Cove did similar to to East Kilbride, and we know exactly we know how good East Kilbride are. So the fact that Cove handled them pretty easily over the two legs, I don't think that takes anything away from Berwick. I think they're going to come in and they're going to be a really competitive side. And they're going to have that experience. You know, they've maybe not got the biggest set of fans down at Shire, but they've definitely got the noisiest. And I think they they attribute that to the, the years they've been in the SPFL where you get teams with songs and chants and... It's going to be good to get another team, hopefully, that have got a mad bill kicking about <laughs> up and down the, the sidelines. I think, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, and obviously, the everything that goes along with the only English-based team you know, that were, were in the SPFL, they'll be wanting to get back up there. I think, um, I think it's a very welcome welcome addition to the, the league for next season, and I'm looking forward to I don't know if I'll get a caravan, <laughs> but I'm certainly looking forward to going down to Berwick for the day. Oh uh, yeah, no, me, me and Derek uh, obviously spoke about it, I mean that's the, the plan, like, uh, maybe take <laughs> maybe take the wee man, but no, yeah uh, definitely, I think obviously they've got the added experience of guys like Ian Little who was at Whitehill, obviously he knows the league quite well, I'm not sure if they've kept Callum Adamson who was at Hill of Beef uh, but yeah, definitely a welcome addition, obviously uh, we've had a few uh, Berwick followers obviously, you know this might be their first time listening now uh, you know, I don't really know too much about Berwick, uh, you know, at the moment, but certainly next season uh, there'll be another one that, you know, we're, we'll be looking into and, and hopefully build up a, a decent relationship with. Um, I'm not going to lie, it, uh, I did criticise uh, Dom, Dom uh, Gow or whatever because of his, his, uh, his, <laughs> his thing uh, against Kelty, I thought it was a wee bit crass, but at the end of the day it's just an opinion, but uh, I hope yeah, hopefully that's not burnt any bridges with Berwick, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I'm sure it won't have... Uh, aye, it's, it's definitely going to make for... Aye, I don't want to build it up too much, it's going to end up being disappointing, but <laughs> for next season, I think it's going to be tremendous. Yep, certainly, and some of the pre-season fixtures as well, Gallo have, you know, they're going to play Celtic. Uh, the biggest one for me, I think that tournament that Celtic have got on, I think Pennycook and... Uh, was it uh, Genefield and that are coming down I can't remember the other team uh, but yeah Hill of Beef Cares Park on a Tuesday night definitely uh, that's going to be an interesting game not as a neutral as purely as a, a Kelly Hearts fan that's one that yeah pre-season wise I think looks incredible I like uh, I like look at some of these Stirlingshire's fixtures it's yep. a bit disappointing to see one of the West Yorkshire teams pull out at, at short notice from a friendly fixture but it's definitely you know it's, it's quite Nice to see the team are going to go down to go down south and they're going to play a couple of games in West Yorkshire as well, which is definitely interesting. And I've got some family down there, so I don't know. I might I might nip down and and watch one of those. Yeah, the the tournament, any sort of team that are doing a wee tournament is going to be interested. Obviously, Gal are playing the are they playing the Celtic eleven and Spartans are playing the Liverpool eleven. So there's a couple of some ones and, and a lot of the teams a lot of the teams haven't announced haven't announced their preseason schedules in full yet, so that's just around the corner as well. So I think we're we're very lucky. Mentioned the one uh, on Sunday. Uh, could be Stuart Malcolm's last game in charge, unfortunately. East Kilbride versus Bonnie Rig Rose, a cracker of a game. Two o'clock at Megatland, uh, the home of Tynecastle. We've been there obviously with the under twenties uh, previously, Sean. 
Uh, South Challenge Cup final. Uh, how do you see that one going? We've obviously seen East Kilbride a lot, or certainly I have, and uh, Bonnie Rigg will obviously rate them, so uh, should be a, a cracker of a match. Well, yeah, what, what a way to end the season. It's um, Lowland League champs versus the East of Scotland champs. And it's, I think it'll be closer than a lot of people might might think, or the neutral might think, you know, if you're just looking at it on paper. But I think uh, East Kilbride should be able to go out and it's been a frustrating you know, frustrating few weeks for them since the, the Cove game. I think they'll come out and they'll be they'll be ready to they'll be ready to go make a statement a little bit. And likewise Bonnie Rig, you know, they're obviously gonna be pretty frustrated, they're gonna be pretty tired as well. They might they guys must be exhausted. They've been in every cup going. Um so they'll this is their final one. It's a biggie for them as well because they're going up against the Lowland League champs, so I think it's going to be a cracking game to, and I think it's a brilliant end to the season. Like you couldn't ask for a better two teams to be facing off against each other. Absolutely, I think the biggest worry is obviously I hope the the guys aren't too deflated. Obviously, East Kilbride, you know, not getting promotion to League Two, and then Bonnie Rig not getting promotion to the Lowland League. So it, it should be an interesting uh, fixture in that sense as well. But I'm sure, I'm sure the guys will be g'd up for it, and I, I'm sure it will be a a really good game I'm hoping to get to it uh, as I said to you but I'm not actually 100% sure if I will I think uh, I think you're going and Derek I'm assuming he'll try and get there depending on the misses obviously yeah I'm running a, I'm running the Edinburgh Half Marathon in the morning so if all goes well and I can get through that without ending up in hospital I will 100% be going along to that afterwards probably one of the few games that I think I might take a seat to watch but yeah, and and as it has for the teams, the teams being deflated, I think, okay, these are you know they're professionals, they're grown men. I think you could see, you can see it all over social media how frustrated both sets of players and fans were after the outcome, say, the games or the the SFA's decision. But these guys still have their they'll have their game heat back on, and I think they'll put in a performance for for their own fans and the neutrals like you and I. Yep, definitely. So we'll move on to plugs. Since Mozza's not here, I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, so I'm I'm on in Twitter. Not it's not too interesting to be honest, but at Sped and Sean. But I also run the the Facebook page for the Lonely Catch Up, where I try to sort of centralise everything that the the teams are putting out there. So it's you know well worth giving us a follow, and it's a, a good platform as well to interact with other fans, I suppose, the different teams. What about yourself? Yeah, it's at Rampant FM on Twitter, and the official catch up is at Official Catch Up on Twitter. Also, uh, we're probably not going to be doing too many episodes. I think next week might be our last one. Actually, we're going to probably be reviewing the season, uh, see which you know what where teams have went wrong in our opinions. Obviously, uh, where the successes have been, where the failures have been. Uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting one to do. Uh, but we'll go through every team and obviously we'll have a wee preview for next season and, and our opinions on maybe uh, where where we see the teams going next season but uh, obviously it's been fantastic this season the sport's been unreal from the boys uh, the the league, uh, people like George Fraser uh, we obviously want to thank everyone that listens uh, we do appreciate it and we, and obviously I think the following's it's just went mental the last few few weeks, as I mentioned. Uh, some of the Berwick Rangers guys getting on board as well, so we really appreciate that. Uh, hopefully, we can have. Yeah, I think with Berwick, I think the hopefully they'll experience something similar to Shire. I think it's it's not all doom and gloom in terms of coming down to this league. I think uh, you know if you're in a hard position in league football and maybe you're losing games almost you know every week or whatever uh, you come to a league that you're actually you know perhaps maybe winning games or, or, or going for cups and titles or whatever you know it's a it's a better feeling you know so hopefully uh, Berwick can uh, can experience that and some of their fans will get a wee bit of joy and obviously we've, we've, we've got a lot of work to do uh, we're planning different things for next season as well so it should overall next season I'm, I can't wait similar to yourself Sean yeah no I think um, yeah we'll definitely do the preview and a review of the last season and you know there's a few teams in the league so they might actually go for a couple of podcasts um, but uh, outside of that well obviously we, we, we spoke about the pre-season game so we'll be trying to get along to them and if we can catch a word or two with any of the players managers maybe even a couple of the supporters we'll certainly share that on on social media as well so I don't 
although we might go a bit quieter with the podcast, I think we'll still be quite active on social media because it's going to be an exciting um, lead up to the new season. So that brings an end to this episode. Speak to you soon. Hopefully Mozza will be back. Hopefully we can get maybe uh, Kev on next week. Uh, we'll be back for the review. We'll probably go through the Lowland League team of the year. Obviously, that's getting done now. We've obviously done ours a lot of Sterling Union Spartans guys it looks like there's going to be a lot of Shire guys in the in the Lowland League team of the year so uh, yeah people yeah it's up to the people to vote I guess <laughs> loads of recognition and it's been fantastic the, the recognition at the end of the season absolutely yeah. I think a lot of the boys that have been mentioned obviously deserve a wee shout out uh, it will be back next week I'll see you soon catch you later